Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you so much today that we are able to be here. Hallelujah. We're grateful, Lord, for freedom in the United States of America to worship. Hallelujah. To worship, to magnify your holy name. We open the book today, Lord. Speak to us through the book and by your spirit. May the eyes of our understanding be flooded with light. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. I can remember an old song by David Ingalls, and it started out like this. In life, there are things that confront us. But then he went on to say, but I know who to go to in prayer. So in life, we run into things that need to be changed. We run into challenges. We run into things that need to be changed. And so it's vital then for us to know how to pray accurately the prayer that changes things. And so I want to talk to you about the six P's of prayer that changes things. In some way, it'll reiterate a little bit of what I said last week. But uh, if you're facing an impossible situation today, maybe in your body or in your finances, or with a loved one. I want to remind you that we serve a great God. And we serve a God with whom there are no impossibilities. And the scripture says that all things are possible to him that believeth. And we believeth, right? See, with men, it may be impossible, but not with God. And so what makes the difference in our lives is who are we with? Who are we believing? Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, with God, it can be done. Look in your Bibles to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. The first P of prayer that changes things is we must be precise. We must be exact. We must know exactly what we want and what we desire from God. You see, God will give you vision when you spend time with Him. The Bible says that where there is no vision, uh, the people perish. Now, when we don't have a vision for our prayer life, well, we're not going to get results that God wants us to get. I believe this, that as we spend time in the presence of God, and as we delight ourselves in the Lord our God, He will give us godly desires. Is it a godly desire to be healed? Is it a godly desire to have your needs met? Is it a godly desire for you to be free from depression, fear, and all the things of the enemy? Amen. So where there is no vision, the people perish. I believe I'm looking at a people of vision. I believe that I'm looking at a people that can determine exactly what God's word is saying to them, understanding that this belongs to me and I'm going to pray according to the will of God to receive all that belongs to me. Amen? So we must be precise. We must be exact in what we desire and in what we want from God. And the second P is we must be prepared. We must be prepared. In other words... Locate the scriptures that cover your case. Did you know that there are promises in the word of God that cover every area of your life? 
In 2 Peter, he says, these promises are exceedingly and great and precious. Now notice with me in the uh, 15th chapter of John, we looked at this last week. But now notice over here in the 15th chapter of John, and we're going to look at verse 7. John 15 verse 7 says this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. In other words, if you're born again, and if you're serious in your walk with God, and you're putting his word first place in your life, and you're making it the final authority in your life, and if you're finding scriptures that cover your case, and you let this word that is alive live in you, then you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. It shall be done unto you. So locate the scriptures and then get them firmly fixed in your heart. Not just in your head, but in your heart. And the way that the word of God can get into your heart is by being diligent to meditate upon it. You know, in Joshua, the first chapter and in the eighth verse, let's look over there. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says here, This book of the law of the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now that word meditation simply means to think, to imagine, to ponder. It also means to talk to yourself. So once you've found the word of God that covers your case, and you're precise about what you want from God, meditate in God's word concerning that area of your life. Take time to think about it. And don't just get into this situation where it's a bunch of head knowledge, where all it is is information. You see, I believe this, to go from information to revelation, it's going to take some meditation. Revelation knowledge is knowledge that is revealed beyond the head down into your heart. And when you have knowledge that is revealed to your spirit and you get it firmly fixed in your heart, I'm telling you, nothing can knock it out of you. So this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. See, some things will happen when you meditate in God's Word. The eyes of your understanding will all of a sudden be flooded with light. And you'll say to yourself, oh, I see that. I've never seen that before, but I see it now. I see that by His stripes I was healed. And if I was healed, I am healed. And if I am healed, I is healed. I see it, Lord. The entrance of your word has brought light and I've spent time meditating and now it becomes revelation in my spirit. Oh, it's a good thing when the lights are on. We don't want to live in the dark where the word of God is concerned. Let the lights come on. The eyes of your heart being flooded with the light to where you can begin to see yourself healed. See yourself debt free. See yourself free from depression. See yourself filled with the joy of the Lord. Get God's word firmly fixed in your heart. Meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then 
you will make your way prosperous. Notice it doesn't say that God will make you prosperous. Certainly he does make us prosperous, but he's looking for someone to cooperate with his word so that he can make us prosperous. Oh, hallelujah. I've already preached myself happy. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein for then. For then. I like when the then shows up. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. So be precise. Be prepared. And then you're ready to present. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, look with me over in verse 16. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and verse 16. You're ready to present. You, you've done the necessary groundwork. You've laid the groundwork. You've armed yourself with the Word of God. You've got the Word of God into your heart. Now it's time to step up. Amen. Now it's time to come forward. And you can be bold because you know what the Word has said. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter... And we're going to look at verse 16 here in just a moment. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Oh, hallelujah. This prayer will change your life. Prayer changes things. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us, therefore, come boldly. Come boldly. Now, when you come boldly to the throne of grace you come with the consciousness that you belong there. You come because you're cognizant and aware of the fact that He has given you entree or entrance into the very throne of grace. In other words, it's a place where you belong. It's not God looking at you when you come to the throne of grace and saying, Oh, brother, she's here again. What in the world does she want now? Doesn't she know or doesn't he know that Brother Copeland's already been to the throne of grace? Brother Duplantis has already been to the throne of grace? I don't know that we have anything left. No, that's not God. Oh, there's layers and layers of grace. So let us therefore, now notice this, come boldly unto what? Under the throne of grace. Grace. All that you'll ever need is found in the grace of God. Your salvation is a gift of grace. Your peace of mind is a gift of grace. Your debt freedom is a gift of grace. So he says, now come on. Come on, present yourself. Come, come on. Come boldly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's just lift up our hands and say it together. Father, we thank you for the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Be precise. Be prepared. Present yourself before the throne of grace. Then you're ready to pray. 
then you're ready to pray. I think sometimes people pray too quickly without the proper protocol, without the proper preparation. I think sometimes we pray too quickly and not, are not precise about what we desire. Well, the Lord knows. Yeah, the Lord knows, but He wants you to ask. Amen. He wants you to ask. Now, notice with me in John 16. John, the 16th chapter. And we'll notice here in verse 23 and verse 24. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, if he's in a real good mood, he might give it to you. No. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, what will he do? He will give it to you. Verse 24. Up till now, hitherto, you have not asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Fullness of joy comes from answered prayer. Fullness of joy. You know, we sang that song. Pastor Tom and the group did a great job on it. I'm living in the overflow. We're living in the overflow of answered prayer. Whatsoever we ask the Father in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus, He will give it to us. So asking then is the act of withdrawing what already belongs to you. You're not asking anything of Him if you're in line with the word that his word doesn't cover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we don't ask for Jesus' sake. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. He has given us the un... Whew, glory to God. He has cleared you. He has given you the unqualified use of the name of Jesus. And this name, this name above every name, gives us access to all of heaven's resources. Hallelujah. Up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Asking you shall receive. That's your joy may be full. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the joy of answered prayer. Oh, the joy of having your body healed. Oh, the joy of a loved one coming to Jesus. Now notice over in Mark 11 and verse 24. We're being precise. We're being prepared. We're presenting ourselves before the throne of grace. And now we are praying. We are praying this prayer that changes things. Amen? The prayer that changes things. He's given you that right. He's given you that authority 
to do so. It's not just the preacher that is supposed to be praying. It's everyone that's supposed to be praying. Amen? Well, you're, you're a preacher. That's why your needs are met. I know a lot of preachers that needs are not met. No, God's no respecter of persons. Now notice here in Mark 11, verse 24. He says right here. What things soever you desire. What things soever you desire. Anybody have any desire? Anybody have any vision? So here's what Jesus said. What things soever you desire... When you pray, when you pray, in other words, you have these desires and at the exact time when you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, at that exact time, believe that you receive them. Them what? Them desires. Believe that you receive them them at the time you pray before you have it in the natural realm before you can taste it smell it see it or whatever what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and what and you shall have them The you shall have them is his part. The believing you receive them in prayer is your part. If we will do our part, he will always do his part. Now, the difficulty and the problem has been many people will not believe it until they see it. And therein, people have departed from walking by faith and have begun to walk by sight. If you have to see it, feel it, or taste it before you believe it, you won't get it. Amen. Amen. Now, faith is. When you pray is the time to believe. When you pray is the time to receive. It would look like this. For example, let me just illustrate this to you. Let's say... Um, I needed healing in my knee. So what I would do is I would go ahead and find scriptures that cover my case concerning healing in my knee. I'd probably get at least three scriptures. I'd find Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. I'd find uh, Matthew 8, 17. I'd find 1 Peter 2, 24. And then I would open my Bible and look at those scriptures and meditate on those scriptures and think about and ponder how that applies to me and how that applies to my knee. For example, Isaiah 53, 5 says, With his stripes we are healed. Matthew 8, 17 says, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen? 1 Peter 2, 24 says, By his stripes we were healed. So have I got the word that covers my case? Yes. Okay, so I've, I'm being specific about it. I'm being precise about it. Now I'm prepared. I'm presenting myself before the Lord, and now I'm ready to pray. 
I'm ready to release my faith. I'm ready to ask the Father in the name of Jesus for healing for my knee. So here's what it might look like. And we don't want to get into formulas in prayer. You know, you pray out of your heart. These things are important. But here's what it might look like. Now, dear Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word says. Then I would quote his word to him. Now, Father, I also thank you in Jesus' name that you said in your word that whatsoever I shall ask in the name of Jesus, that you would give it to me. I'm now praying. You said what things soever I desire. I desire total healing for my knee. And I'm asking you for total healing for my knee in the name of Jesus. And now I'm releasing my faith. I believe that I receive my healing for my knee right now. Hallelujah. I believe I'm healed. I call my knee healed. Hallelujah. Is that easy? And then what we need to do between the amen and the here it is to where the knee gets the manifestation and doesn't hurt anymore. We need to make plans to succeed. That's the next P. Make plans to succeed. And if I'm going to make plans to succeed for the healing of my body, I'm going to have to act like the New Testament so. I'm going to have to act like I am healed. I'm going to have to be in a place and be in a position where I actually see myself well. Now, for example, another example would be if a person is believing they receive a child or a baby. You can make plans to succeed. Get yourself a nursery. Get yourself a a, a nursery where that baby is going to be. Again, another example would be if you're planning to be debt free and you don't have a saving account and you've released your faith for debt freedom, believing you receive, get yourself a savings account. I didn't get much reaction from that. (laughs) (laughs) plan to succeed see yourself well see that baby born see it seize it possess it see yourself debt free open up a savings account or two amen start saving some money glory to God get some money in there well I don't I don't have any money. Oh, yeah, you got money. You could put a dollar in there. You can put some money in a savings account. And uh, I think sometimes we, uh, we eat our seed. <laughs> Americans, Americans are known for eating a lot. This pastor is known for eating a lot. But I still have a savings account. Plan to succeed. And not to fail. See yourself succeeding. Faith sees the answer. Faith sees the answer. And then, make sure then that when doubt and fear comes, make sure that you refuse to allow doubt and fear to keep you from your answer. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 7. 
James 4, verse 7. It says this, Submit yourself, therefore, to who? God. To God. Mm-hmm. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Doubts are going to come. Fears are going to come. So we must eradicate every thought, every suggestion, every dream, every impression, any thought that comes from the enemy that does not contribute to your faith. And that's what Corinthians says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Look at, look, look at that scripture, 2 yeah. Corinthians 10 5. It says, casting down images. Casting down those imaginations. Casting down those doubts. Resisting those doubts. Resisting those fears. And any and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Amen. Now say this with me. Doubt. I resist you. In the name of Jesus. Fear. I resist you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Replace fear-filled and doubt-filled thoughts with faith-filled thoughts. And then just keep your mind on the answer. Keep your mind on what you believe that you have received. Keep your mind on it. And when you do that, you'll stay in peace. Not only that, will you stay in peace, but you'll also stay in joy. Amen? Amen? You know, people that are walking around with a sourpuss and a mad mug, yeah. mad mugging through life, mean mugging. So, well, what do you, what, what's going on? Well, I just believe I've received. Man, you know, growling and just not enjoying life at all. That's not faith. There's joy in faith. I said, there's joy in faith. There's joy in hope. There's joy in believing. And the joy of the Lord will strengthen you. The joy of the Lord will keep you strong between the here, the amen and the here it is. The joy of the Lord will keep you strong from the time you believe you have received to the time and you shall have them. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody says, how do you know all this? By practice. By practice. Amen. So he says, well, have you always done this perfectly? Have you? No, we haven't. But oh, thank God we're moving toward that mark. We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Make plans to succeed. Glory to God. Declare the end from the beginning. Call those things that be not as though they were. See yourself with the thing that you prayed about. Amen. 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 Say it with me. Faith, Faith always, always sees, sees and, says and says the answer. The answer. Amen. You know, when we purchased this building back in 2003, the city didn't want us in here. No. They just didn't want us in here because they didn't want to lose the tax money that they were getting from a movie theater. 
And Heart of the Bay Christian Center, being a nonprofit organization, doesn't pay taxes Amen. to the city. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so it was kind of a little bone of contention. They felt like that they were losing revenue. And uh, we released our faith as a church. How many yeah. of you remember that? We released our faith. We went three times to the city to get approval. The first time we got a 4-3 approval from the planning commission. We had to go back to the planning commission, and the planning commission gave us the same vote, 4-3. to three. But as a church, we released our faith. I wonder, can a church release their faith and have God's favor upon them to change policies and rules and regulations? for breakthroughs for, for the yeah. kingdom of God. Yeah. We released our faith. In a sense, we prepared ourselves. Yeah. We were precise. Amen. Amen. We planned. And glory to God, we presented our case before the Lord. Yeah. Well, someone came along and they, and they said, well, no, you can't come in. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and appeal that decision. So, praise the Lord, in January, I believe it was 2003, we went down to the city about 150 strong. But not 150 belly acres. We had 150 praisers there. We had 150 people that believed that they had received. And so we went before the city, pled our case, and guess what? We got a 7-0 to vote in our favor. Thank God for that. So, corporate faith will work. It's powerful. That's why we do not minimize the corporate anointing in this place. Folks, when you come in with your faith, and we all come in with our faith, believing for the glory of God to be in manifestation, we shall receive it. We shall see it. Amen? Corporate faith will work. But folks, I want you to know your individual faith will work. This will work for you in your life. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. How many of you know you'll never get the Abraham kind of blessings with the Thomas kind of faith? I'm not talking about Pastor Thomas. But the Thomas kind of faith has to see it before it believes it. Abraham's faith believes it and then sees it. Amen. Now the last one is a really important one and this is one that is much, much overlooked. The last P that we want to talk about to get our prayers answered is praise. It's praise. It's praise. Turn with me to Psalm 34, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 34, verse 1 and 2. Are you getting anything out of this today? This will help you. Next week we're going to have a little sheet of paper with these points so you can kind of reference them from time to time and as you begin to release your faith for your individual life, it'll help you. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord when I see the manifestation. I'll bless the Lord when I got money in my pocket. I will bless the Lord when my body feels healed. No, I will bless the Lord... All times, in the good times, in the difficult times, in times in the valley, in times on the mountaintop. Here's what I'm going to do. 
As for me and my house, we're going to bless the Lord at all times. Especially between the amen and the here it is. In that time gap, most people cast away their confidence. But they wouldn't be casting away their confidence if they would get caught up in praise and worship. Praise and worship will accelerate the manifestation. Praise and worship will accelerate answered prayer. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And notice the rest of the verse. His praise shall continually beware. Continual praise. A continual flow of praise. A continual, continual flow of thanksgiving. The depth, oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your harvest. Hallelujah. Say it with me. The depth of my praise will determine the magnitude of my harvest. Let's take about 20 seconds and praise Him right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing the bodies. Thank you, Lord, for debt freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My knee's feeling better already. I use that illustration for the knee because I believe I've received healing in my knee. Ha, 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 ha. Shabababa. No chat, no more Chester for me. No more Mr. Dillon. Hallelujah. I believe I'm healed. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. And I'm going to act like I am. I'm not going to stop exercising. I'm going to still get on the, on the elliptical. I'm still going to do my due diligence. Because I believe I'm healed. People that believe they're healed don't stay in bed. Many people lose their healing by nursing their, over-nursing their bodies. And don't misunderstand me. We need to take care of our temples. We need to take care of our bodies. But we do not want to become overly absorbed with symptoms. Amen. You know what Abraham did? Abraham didn't consider his own body. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. But what did Abraham do? He got stronger and stronger in faith by giving glory to God. Can anyone give glory to God today? Hallelujah. Remember this, the depth of your praise is going to determine the magnitude of your harvest and it's going to determine and accelerate manifestation time. Glory to God. Isn't that good news? Let's close over in Philippians, the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 6. 
Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Philippians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. Now, you can't worry about the manifestation. When it's going to happen, you can't think that way. You got to be careful for nothing. Verse six. Be careful for nothing. But what? But in everything through what? Prayer and thanksgiving. Not just praying, but thanking. Once you've released your faith, now you move on and you move up and you move forward in praise and thanksgiving. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known unto God. There was a lady many, many years ago that had smallpox. She was a missionary in China. And uh, in those days, they didn't have the cure for it. So if you had smallpox, you died. And so she began to seek the Lord about what she should do. And the Lord gave her a vision and showed her two baskets. Said that one basket that's full represents the test that you're going through. It represents the smallpox that you're facing. And the other basket was about 25% full. And the Lord said, that box... That basket represents your praise. And the Lord told her, when that basket representing praise is full and overflowing to where it brings the test down, you'll get the manifestation of your healing. Amen? So for her, certainly she prayed, but then she got busy praising. I think we ought to spend more time praising. I think we ought to spend more time thanking God, giving God the glory, giving God the praise. Hallelujah. And she praised and she praised and she praised and she thanked and she thanked and she praised and she praised and she praised. And all of a sudden the praise basket got full and overflowing and the other basket went down and she was totally healed by the power of God. Amen. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and bless his name. Let's do that for a few moments. Let's stand up right now. Praise God. I hope you got something out of it today. Amen.